to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts broadcasting live from, ugh, hot Austin, Texas. We're from Ohio. This is really, really hot. I do not know how you people in Texas go out and jog when it's 105 degrees, but God bless you. So, Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here in our air-conditioned recording studios. And as we say when it's like this, it's a good day to work. That's right. Exactly. So we're going to be picking up where we left off yesterday on our lead follow-up rules. Um, But before we get into that, Julie, I've heard on some of my coaching calls, I just had a call, or I had a call, sorry, a while ago, and I just was reviewing my notes for this client. Her name's Margaret. I know she listens. I know she has her office listen to in Hawaii. So hello, Margaret, and hello, all the uh, agent guys. And I know you're also supposed to be listening to our podcast at least three days a week, all 165 agents, so we're checking on (laughs) you. Anyway, she was telling me, Julie, and I was, again, looking back at my notes, this is from last month, about her uh, issue that they're having. And this is an issue is ha- that's happening all over the country where they're starting to see more and more deals fall out of contract. Now, yes. guys, I'm not going to take this whole call and go through, you know, basically where the problems lie, but I'll give you some secrets and then I'll tell you where to go for the rest of the information. Uh, lenders' letters and lenders not doing that complete job are really at the heart of the problem. And the other issue, obviously, is inspections, but lenders' letters first. Um, on the uh, realestatecoachingradio.com, go back and listen to, I think, I don't remember what it's called, but it's there. Real estate, uh, our coaching clients, the information is on Real Estate Coaching Essentials, suggested language for your addendum. But here's really the punchline to all this. Never accept an offer letter or never accept a lender's letter that does not or that has any language that sounds anything like verification to, subject to, all the rest of it. you only... Um, contingency, if you want to call it that, for a lender's letter can be the appraisal of the subject property. If you receive any lender, and the lenders are getting crafty, they use a little acronym, uh, 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 what's the word, Ac- the three, what is it, Julie? Acronym. Acr- thank you. Acronyms, long day, where basically instead of saying verification of employment, they'll say VOE. So look for stuff like that, guys, and don't allow any lender's letter to come over your desk that you accept and it's, it, with any hope that that's going to close if there's if the lender's not done their job ahead of time. Lenders will, over the phone, have a brief conversation with any buyer, and you can do it right now if you don't believe me, or heck, you can even go online and do a soft pull on their credit. They do, you know, they'll check with one bureau, and then they'll just ask cursory questions. Do you have a job? How long have you had a job? Do you have da 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 They won't check anything, and then they'll just fire off a lender's letter to you, and you think you've got a rock star buyer where you don't. Or it's your listing, and you get an offer in, and the other agent, without knowing it, has basically not really had their uh, buyer's lender do a thorough job. And now you're taking your house off the contract, off the market. Now you're getting your seller's hopes up that it's going to go into the end zone, and it's going to close, and everything's great. All the while, you guys have basically... Uh, accepted an offer from a buyer that cannot perform. Now, if you are on the buyer's side and the buyers are saying, because this is a fear, I know the reason you guys don't do this, if you're on the buyer's side and the buyer said, well, the other agents that I talk to don't make me go through this thorough of a you know, pre-approval process, and you say, well, the reason I do is because it actually gives you an advantage when it comes to negotiating if you've been completely approved with the only thing 
waiting uh, to happen to get the lender's letter or to get the appraisal, to get the approval of the appraisal. So, Mr. Buyer, do get your approval done. Um, and then the hard part of all this is actually getting the lenders to do their jobs. Those are, I mean, that was one of the major issues she was having with these fallouts and the other issues she was having. And their goal in like the next 12 months is to sell a billion dollars to real estate. So when she says she's wow. having this problem, it's, it's, you know, worth literally millions and millions in commission. And the other one was the, appra- or the inspections. Um, so you guys are going to start seeing, this is a sign of a shifting market. When you start having these types of problems, this is a, this is a sign of the buyers getting uh, a little sketchy. Okay, getting a little nervous. So she had, they were losing tons of deals over inspection issues. Normal, but when you see a spike of it, again, that's buyers getting nervous. So the suggestion there was have the houses pre-inspected. Sellers pay for it. Maybe you pay for it. Sellers reimburse you at closing. However it needs to work, it needs to work. Have all the inspection issues fixed. Put that stuff in a binder with the uh, you know receipts showing the work was done. And then when the buyers and buyer's agents come look at the property, they'll say it's pre-inspected. Most buyers will use that inspection, or if they want an updated inspection, if they're a little bit skeptical of the inspection, they can then call out the inspector again, pay them like an extra 100 bucks or whatever, and have the inspection updated just to make sure all the work was done correctly. Then when you get an offer, it's not like they're going to be able to say, well, you know, they won't bring up inspection issues if they've already accepted the inspection that came with the property. In this changing market, guys, especially when you're dealing – I mean, there was a report that came out the Hamptons real estate prices are dropping. Big surprise. You know, that's going to start happening across the country. In places like Hawaii, it happens slower because their recovery happened like started in, say, 2010. But in the rest of the country, you guys are already starting to see the other side of the curve. So get ahead of it in anticipation of more of these sort of mechanical issues happening um, as the market continues to shift. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, absolutely. It's don't hide your head in the sand. Look for the early warning signs. And so one of the things that you're alluding to is with these appraisals and different financing issues and stuff like that, we all learn like the rules of the game. This is what it takes if you do a 5% down conventional or this is what FHA requires or this is a jumbo or a luxury type loan. Well, lenders get to put their own lending, they call them overlays. So a particular lender or bank will say, well, that's all well and good, but for us, we actually require a credit score that's 25 points higher because we don't want to get burnt, and that's what our risk management people tell us to do. And that causes you guys sometimes to say, well, hang on a second. I mean, they're putting 10% down. Their credit is decent in your experience. You've had other deals go through. Well, you've got to ask more questions. You've got to get in front of this and really understand at a deeper level. But the lender's Every, letter is the heart of it. Yeah. The lender's letter is really yeah. the heart of it. If you get a real good lender's letter, um, and you just kind of ex- ex- coaching clients, it's on uh, the website. Make sure you use the suggested language. You'll have to make your own addendum because every state's different. You know, we can't just take one for every state. So, yeah, there it is. Be mindful of that, guys. These are all indications that the market's starting to shift. So be ahead of the problem, and, you know, you can avoid it. You'll have deals closed that other agents didn't. You'll do more transactions consistently. These tiny little hacks, if you want to call them that, that we're sharing with you guys on this podcast, will make the biggest difference as the market starts to trend in the direction that it's going because you'll have access to information that your competitors won't. You'll have knowledge that they don't. Um, at the end of the day, guys, being a realtor, we're all basically in the eyes of the consumer. We're providing the same exact service, product, right? We're doing the same thing. But these little bits of extra information, uh, you know, that basically lead to you guys having more skill 
that will make it so people will be attracted to you because you'll have a reputation of being the guy or gal that can actually get the job done. Hopefully that makes sense. So shout out to Margaret. Shout out to the folks in her real estate office. You guys are lucky to have such a powerful leader as your broker in charge. All right, Julie, let's just jump right back in. We left off uh, the other day. We were talking about lead follow-up rules. And let's jump into point number six. Go ahead. You got it. And this is kind of a meaty point. This is one of our most commonly asked questions is how to sift and sort my leads out. And once I've done that, how frequently and what methods should I use to communicate with them? So leads are either A, B, or C quality. Let's define what that means. An A lead is someone who will buy or sell with you in the next 45 days or less. These people should be called daily, concentrating on setting your next appointment. Some people call those AAA leads, but it's an A lead, however you want to define that. Okay, so then you've got B leads, 45 to 90 day leads, but they have logical conditions creating a delay. This can be something like a pending relocation contract with their employer, an apartment lease ending, their financing needs approval, or getting back from their honeymoon, something that makes sense. And each condition has some sort of time frame associated with it. Call these leads weekly to stay in touch and help them fix the condition if possible. This will ensure that you will be the agent that they use when the time is right. C leads. And you can imagine we don't want a lot of C leads, but how do we define those? Well, you've spoken with them before, but maybe they've stopped responding. Maybe on the first call they sounded like they were real, but now they sound kind of flaky or they're not even communicating. Maybe their plans are way too far out in the future. Now, I would suspend that for those of you who are working in resort markets where most of yep. your leads are like that. That's different. So you guys are a little exempt from that type of thinking. Next, something is flaky about them, like maybe they're working with someone else or they're not pursuing their financing like they said they were. So since C leads have a lot of questions and uncertainty surrounding them, you must also call them daily. You would think you could wait monthly, but why are we calling them daily? Well, we're trying to upgrade them to an A or a B lead or cut them loose after after determining they are flaky, three calls should do the trick here. And here's the secret to this, because some of these you're thinking, I'm going to cut them loose, and I'm not sure what's going on with them. Always leave the door open on your last call so that if they become unflaky, they'll call you instead of someone else. Don't just drop them hot potato. They'll think you're too busy, you don't care about them, whatever. They make up stories about you. Leave the door open. So you can leave a nice message like, you know, I've left you several messages. I understood that you were looking for a three-bedroom, two-bath in this area and that you have a home to sell first. But since I haven't heard from you, just wanted to leave you my phone number for when you are ready, I'm here to help you. Instead of just, you know, not saying anything, leave the door open. So, Doesn't Julie, let's drill, let's drill down that kind on of fast. that. Yeah, no, it's fine. So, in essence, just recap. So, an A-lead, the definition of an A-lead is? The definition of an A-lead is somebody who will buy or sell with you in the next 45 days or less. They should be called daily, concentrating on setting your next appointment. These are people who you believe to be not talking to other agents. And remember, you're using your pre-qualification scripts here. Well, let's not hover there. Hover there. Mm -hmm. So how do you determine if they're an A-lead, a B-lead, or a C-lead? You have to use a call outline or a script. I don't like to use the word script because I know so many of you are going to say, I'm not going to use a script. They're not my words. I get it. I'm not going to wrestle with your ego to try to get you to use a script. So I use nice words like call outline or conversational <laughs> format, whatever you want you need to use. You know what I call it? Prospecting is lead generation. That's Same right. Okay. So we're trying to play with words here a little bit to get you guys to do the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them. Okay. So let's just be honest there. Now, with regards 
regards to using the call outline, the point of it is, and coaching clients, make sure you're using the questions in the order in which they're asked. They're there for a reason. We do not care if you use your own parlance, your own words, your own whatever. It's fine. But do not change the order in which the questions are asked. The easiest way for you guys to become masters of pre-qualifying is to literally just print out the buyer pre-qualification script, literally print out the seller pre-qualification script. Um, two, so like our real estate office, when we had our little team and we had our, you know, humming along, selling lots and lots of houses, we literally on every single desk would have a stack of blue pages that were buyer forms and a stack of red pages that were red forms. They're eight and a half by 11. Yes, we had top producer. Yes, we had all these automated systems. Yes, we are completely up on the technology. But we knew that when that buyer called in or that seller called in or that buyer who was, by the way, 50% of the time also had a house to sell, that if the person answering the phone was following the script, that they would root out, you know, essentially the, the, the temperature of the lead, whether the lead was sort of just a looky-loo or whether they're really serious. I remember to this day, guys, sitting in the office, leads calls came in, hearing somebody who had just got their real estate license, an assistant, say maybe it was a transaction coordinator person, but they were following the script. And I remember to this day, listening to them ask the questions and hearing them discover that the person has a house to sell, you know, especially on the buyer side. I'm calling about 123 Elm Street. Oh, that's a great property. Everybody's calling on that one. Let me check to see, make sure uh, there's been no changes to the status of that property. By the way, you know, this is Tim with whom I'm speaking. Well, this is Steve. Well, Steve, nice to meet you. By the way, Steve, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? <laughs> and when you put that question right there at the top, you're going to have the person who's calling tell you the truth. Now, what a lot of you guys are doing is you're trying to find out if they're sellers like towards the end of the conversation, after you've given them all the information, after you've told them about your dog, after you've told them all your you know, secret sauce stuff, and then they're going to be like, dude, I've already got the information out of you. I already know what I came to know, and I don't really have any imperative to share any information with you. You know, you tried to win them over with your personality. You tried to find all the commonality things. You tried to do all these, you know, bondy, bondy things, and you will lose leads that way. But if you ask a question, the question we just gave you at the top, every time you think you're working with a buyer, depending on price ranges, you're going to find that a lot of these guys are sellers. Now, back to Julie's ABC point. When you get a really good lead, when you get an A lead, you do not let that A lead just sit on your desk or sit in your computer system or sit in your CRM or sit in your lead follow-up. Anybody who's an A lead, you have to set the appointment with on that phone call, on that initial call. A's get absolute priority. The world stops for an A lead. That's the thing you have to have in your mindset. We talked about furiously fast lead follow-up. Well, this is the same thing. When you get an A lead, when you get someone says, well, yeah, I do have a house down the street I'm thinking about selling, or you get a buyer who says, I am relocating, and I'm definitely going to be on the job in 30 days, and I need to find a place to live. When you get a really, really good lead, the world stops. They do not go in a drip system. They go on your phone, you calling, you setting appointment, you meet with them at your office, you give them, if they're a buyer, a buyer presentation, get them to sign the buyer agency contract. If they're a, listing pre a seller, you go to their house, you make the appointment, you send the pre-listing pack, you follow the system. Julie, does this make sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. Don't hot potato them. Okay, just because you have your drip system set up doesn't mean you just funnel everything willy-nilly into your drip system. 
The other thing that I've heard floating around there, not from us, but from other um, you know, seminars or what have you, is that you have to watch the amount of time you spend and every contact should get no more than two minutes of your time or whatever. If they're an A lead, as you say, the world stops for them. I don't care if you spend two hours with them. If you end up qualifying them and you know everything about their house and their dog's name and their cat's name and where they're moving to and you have a nice solid relationship, followed by your appointment. That's okay. That's the people you're supposed to be spending time with. So this comes up a lot in the essentials class, Tim, is it, what's more important, the amount of contacts I make or the appointments I set? And well, I always tell them, don't get contactitis. The appointments are more important than contacts on their own. Contacts well, by themselves have no value. You just said something really brilliant. This goes back to sort of the sickness in our industry where people, yes, you guys need leads. Yes, you need dozens of leads depending on what your sales goals are. But the fact is you need a hell of a lot fewer leads than you think. You just need to get really good at pre-qualifying. If, if you were to listen to one of our top producing superstar agents, you were listening to them on the phone, you would find that they get right to the friggin' point <laughs> mm -hmm. really fast. Most of you guys, if you were hearing someone like one of our superstars like Frederick Eklund in New York, if you were to hear him do a pre-qual, I guarantee you most of you would be like, oh, my God, that was a stranger. How did he go right to the qualification questions that fast? And I can't believe he actually got that person to commit to an appointment when he was being so direct or he's asking questions that would have made me uncomfortable. It's because that's what people expect professionals to do. You can, again, you guys can temper this depending on your personality and depending on your, the part of the world, but you've got to ask the questions. Or you're just going to find yourself frustrating yourself, burning yourself out until the cows come home. Or if you're in Hawaii with, with Margaret's staff until the, I don't know, the Tides come in. The I don't Hawaiian really cows? know. Lion cows? I don't know. I don't know. Well, they probably got cows. I mean, I guess. Well, the pineapples like fall. The pine okay, there you go. All right, so listen, Julie mentioned the coaching program. I know you guys are a lot of, of, of you are enrolling in that program. First of all, welcome. We appreciate uh, you choosing us to walk the path of your success with you. It means the world to us. As If you're a longtime listener, you know that's true. Uh, the coaching program is something that no one's ever done before. It's in terms of the price, in terms of what we're offering. It's something we're really, really proud of. It's the thing that Julie and I have wanted to create for 20 years. It's a real live coaching program, four semi-private coaching calls per month, and you get one private coaching call that you schedule around your schedule, coaching on demand. You get all the things we talk about as part of you know as part of the coaching program. You get all the scripts, all the objection handlers. You get all the you know. Um, the, the real estate game, the real estate treasure map, you get every little thing that you could possibly need to build your team. We give you lots of lead generation ideas, probably 90% of which don't cost you anything to do. Hey, there's an idea. I actually have a profit from your business. And all those things, guys, you get, and we've used the student approval program. It's less than, it's like $99.83 a month, and there's no payment for the first 30 days. It's a no-brainer. And just by completing the form that's on your mobile phone, and you can see it right there when you scroll down, or if you're on your Tesla, I suppose, you're, it's big, you know, like a you know, billboard right there in the middle of your car. Uh, I love those pictures that some of you guys send to us where you're listening on, a, on your, uh, your Teslas. I think that's pretty darn cool, actually. In any event, um, so you uh, just fill out the form. And we'll give you those six free books. You see them right there. They'll be emailed to you. Yes, we're giving you Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. Yes, we're giving you just for completing the form, the Real Estate Treasure Map, and all those other books. And, guys, they're for sale on Amazon. If you want to go buy them, that's great. I certainly appreciate it. But you don't need to. Just by completing the form, we're going to send you those books for free. If you're on your desktop, um, just go to joinharris.com. Julie, do we have time for another appointment or another oh, uh, point? One more quick point, and this is an important one. Number seven, again, combating some things that are floating out there. Yes, of course, leave messages when you follow up. Some of you have been yes. taught to never leave a message. 
I don't know where that comes from, but how would somebody know if you're trying to help them if you don't leave a message? So yes, do leave messages when you follow up. If you don't, they'll never know you were trying to make contact and may conclude that you're not interested in working with them. If you keep missing them, try a different time of day, like a weekday evening or a weekend morning until you do find them. Don't assume anything until you actually speak with them. Remember, it's called relentless lead follow-up with intent to set an appointment. So agents are notorious for like making up all these stories. Well, I left three messages, so they must not be interested. Well, maybe they're out of town in Europe on a cruise without their cell phone working. You don't know. Stop making stuff up. You've got to actually make contact to know what the truth is, and then you'll know how to proceed. So, yes, do leave messages. Ideally, you're going to leave messages with some value. Okay, so instead of saying, hey, it's Julie Harris with Remax. How's it going? Just wanted to reconnect with you. Well, okay, what is that about? I'm going to instead refer back to our original meeting. Remember, I'm calling you a lead because we've had some kind of a connection. And I'm going to say something like, I met you a month and a half ago at the open house on Elm Street, and you said that you were really excited about moving to the area, but you're waiting to find out about your relocation. So I'm following up today to see how I can be of service to you and your family and make this transition a lot more smooth for you. Call me today so that I can prioritize you. You see how I'm making it all about you? I'm not just leaving this nebulous, meaningless message where they're like, who was that? Delete, right? So it's got to be something of value with a call to action. And that's something that you guys should all be writing down when you leave messages, something of value with a call to action. What's important to the person you're calling and what do you want them to do about it? Does that make sense, Tim? It does. You've got to lock it down. You can't just say something. You've got to get, ask them what to do. And guys, listen, yeah, what Julie just said is really important. Sometimes you guys get somebody's phone number, and it, you know this happens a lot with sellers. So let's say you get that A lead. Let's say you pre-qualify them. Let's say you find out they're actually ready to list their house. They're relocating. All of a sudden, they just go dark. And then you start taking it personally. You guys start to, your egos kick in. Oh, they're not taking my call because of this or that or the other. You start literally talking yourself out of pursuing the sale. You create the problem. Well, guess what? The real reason was just because you know, maybe they had to travel out of town for something. Maybe they have a other whatever. They're just not prioritizing calling you back. And you guys allow that to become sort of personal affront to the point where you rationalize not continuing to follow up. Furiously fast lead follow-up guys will win the day every single day. So when you get a really, really, really hot lead and they go cold on you, go knock on the door. <laughs> get off your butt. Stop sending email. Don't think that digital communication is worth crap. It's not. It's passive. Pick up the phone. Go knock on the door. Guys, it's this tiny – remember we, we tell you this on the radio all the time. The difference between somebody who's a superstar and somebody who's just like the rest, it's not like a 1,000% different. It's like little tiny single-digit differences in like about a dozen different ways. Lead follow-up is the easiest way for you guys to improve your – your up-to-bat ratio. It's the easiest way for you guys to improve your in income just by being super aggressive. Every single hundred and probably 14,000 of you guys that are listening to this now live in room replay, how many of you right now, I, I ask this facetiously, are guilty of being really bad with basically following up with leads who you know or you've had this year, you've had a lead that you wrote down on a piece of paper that you found like a month later that already did a transaction. And you tried to blame that person. You tried to blame that seller 
that you forgot to follow up on for not listing the house with you, even though it was your fault. So Julie mentioned yesterday a very sort of rudimentary, very basic system of three-by-five cards. The reason that we suggest things like this, guys, and I don't care if you're a millennial. I don't care if your iPhone is built into the back of your hand. It doesn't really matter. The reason you want to write things down is because they don't hide from you. As soon as you put something behind an app in a software program, you are going to probably not give that the same level of priority. And here's the other thing. So much crap comes at you digitally nowadays, just like your customers. And if you've got something written down, and you're – well, here's another reason. If you're sitting in traffic in L.A. right now, as I know some of you are. Not that that ever happens. Not that ever happens, right, where you have to go five miles, but it takes five hours. So you're sitting there, and you're going like, oh, my God, I have nothing to do. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Good job. Now, if you'd had all your leads organized, you would have a very simple system. Of right in front of you, a box of three by five cards divided into three sections, A, B, and C, and you could then go and pull out your leads and just basically call the lead and write notes on what's actually happening. A lot easier, and by the way, legal to do versus getting on your mobile phone when you're in your car. Some of the most basic things in life I know are not the most elegant. I personally love to use technology to scale and track everything, but when it comes to the most important things, paper. Having it in front of you, that makes the difference. You, it gives you accountability. Here's a stack of leads. Did you call your leads back? Here's your notes from the last conversation hat you had. Did you move the ball down the field? Did you actually set the appointment? Guys, remember I said the difference between where you are and where you want to be, and it doesn't matter if you're near the top of your mountain or if you're just starting on your climb, it's single-digit differences in lots and lots of different places. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, absolutely. That's the fact. So, you know, you as pe- always – Go ahead. Why, I'm just curious in your opinion, having coached for as obviously long as I have and had, I mean, how many, if we, Julie and I stopped how many actual coaching calls we did at about 60,000, and we stopped counting probably about seven years ago. I mean, literally yeah. we've had a that lot. many, tens of thousands, 30-minute calls with agents. So why do you think that agents believe that it's more complicated than we uh, share with them on the radio and in the coaching program? Why do you think that they well, think – that yeah. somebody who's like superstar making, you know, selling a billion dollars to the real estate a year. Why do they think that that person is so completely different than them? What is that That's all about? A built-in excuse. If it's it if is. they overcomplicate it, that gives them a, a whole bunch of reasons why it's not working for them, won't work in their market, won't work their personality, what have you. When that's actually, again, to point out the making up of stories, none of that's actually true. It just gets down to the basics, whittling it down to the simplicity of the business and doing the things that actually create income. And because those things take skill and study and practice and occasional rejection, it's just easier to say, oh, they must be doing something different. They've got a huge marketing budget. They've got a huge online presence. They've been in in business so much longer than me. It must be easy. And, you know, all their business is just repeat and referral. Well, guess what? If you actually interview them like we do on the podcast, uh, you'll find out that it actually is that simple for them and that they still do the same things. And that's why they are that successful is because they get that it comes down to lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, closing, lather, rinse, repeat. Well, it takes that a, it, is the essence of the business. It takes a high level of emotional maturity to accept the fact that long-term, ever-increasing levels of success. And guys, I know the normal way of gauging success is by making more money and you know having more you know toys and all the rest of it. But you can determine what success is in your own mind. It just it manifests itself in many different forms. So long-term, ever-increasing success, guys, comes from the same thing. No matter if you're trying to improve yourself physically, no matter if you're trying to improve yourself financially, it's doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. 
It is, I promise you, we're the only people I've ever heard say that. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't sell. You cannot, I cannot be Tony Robbins and getting in front of a big group of people and say, all right, guys, here's the truth. <laughs> I know you just paid $6,000 to spend six days with me, but I'm going to tell you the truth. What you, what you are going to have to do is do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Those people would ask for an immediate refund and walk out. But it is the truth. There's no secret sauce. There's no magic bullet. There's no secret program. There's no company that you can buy leads from. There's no secret – any of this BS that you guys are believing in. It's not true. It's all an elegant lie. Not a complete lie in many cases, but, a, you know, it's lie-ish. 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 So you guys just internalize the fact that it comes down to doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And when you accept that, you are going to feel a lot less stress, I promise you. You are not, you're going to find that probably in your life you'll be the only person that's ever internalized that, only accepted it. You'll be the only person that you know who actually is in tune with that truth. And that's where you guys have to stay. And when you do, things will start happening smoother. You'll start having the, stop having the resistance a lot of you guys are experiencing. Um, you know, and then you'll also stop succumbing to some of the Mickey Mouse that a lot of agents are succumbing to and buying into and believing. Right? Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, and then you back that up with understanding your highest and truest purpose of being of service to others. When you combine those two things, guys, you're unstoppable. If there's ever anything we can do for you, please feel free to communicate anytime. We do truly love helping you guys. Um, we love the good feedback. We don't really love the bad feedback, but we read it, and sometimes, you know, after you, you know, we after we cry and pout. We might, you know, internalize it. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. We love any kind of communication from you guys, any suggestions on who we should listen to or any suggestions on who we should interview, any suggestions on uh, content for the show. This show is all about you guys, so any way we can help you, that's what we're all about. Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com and Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>